millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. And today we have big news. In honor of springtime's arrival, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout and receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. For store hours, visit yumiko.com and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Yumiko to participate in their weekly giveaways and to stay updated on all things 2021. If you are looking for a great summer read, well, we have the perfect book for you. Introducing Being a Ballerina, The Power and Perfection of a Dancing Life. Written by a friend of the pod and former principal dancer with Oregon Ballet Theater, Gavin Larson, this memoir will hit home for dancers and audience members alike. Recently featured in the New York Times, The Dance Edit, and Point Magazine, Gavin brings you intimately behind the curtain, illustrating the thrills and challenges of a dancing life. This book will bring you closer to the art form that you love and is sure to take you on an emotional journey. Hear more about the book in our chat with Gavin in episode 225. Being a Ballerina is on sale on Amazon and book retailers nationwide. To find a retailer near you, visit gavinlarson.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by Jose Sebastian, dancer with American Ballet Theater and director of ABT Incubator. Jose, a native of New York City, started his dance training at age eight with the School of American Ballet and continued training there for nearly 10 years. He joined ABT Studio Company in 2006 and American Ballet Theater as an apprentice in January 2009 and became a member of the Corps de Ballet in January 2010. In 2020, Sebastian was appointed director of ABT Incubator, ABT's choreographic workshop program for inspiring the creation of new work. To learn more about ABT Incubator, visit abt.org. And to watch some of the films from this year's program, visit American Ballet Theater's YouTube channel. 
Jose, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, we're really excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. So let's go ahead and just get started with where we start with all of our guests. Can you give us an idea of how you got started in dance? How, what was your first foray into dance? Um, good question. Uh, <laughs> Loaded question, maybe. <laughs> loaded, yeah. Um, so when I was young, I'm, I'm adopted, first of all. Um, and when I was young, I sort of always had this um, urge to move a lot. And one a good story that I often tell is for Halloween when I was younger, I wanted to be the wind. <laughs> oh my so, God, adorable. <laughs> so I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and we were like in like search for a wind costume. Like, mm -hmm. what is that? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and so my uh, godmother's son was at SAB, Michael and I went together, and um, she sort of introduced me to uh, SAB at that time. And initially, like, I was like, oh, I just want to be a kid, you know, play video games, was playing soccer. Um, and then in my teens, I sort of really fell in love with it. I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. I think I want to see where it takes me. Um, and that's sort of where it began at SAB. Mm -hmm. But so I've always loved movement. All right. Were you performing then with the company in the children's roles at that point? Like what time, what age around were you um, going to SAB at the beginning? Uh, so I started there when I was seven or eight. Okay. And um, I was immediately casted for one of the party kids. <laughs> <laughs> How fun. I, at the time, I was really small. Um, so at SAB, they like, they in the boys' classes, they put you by height. Olga always did that. And so mm -hmm. I actually one of the first for like a brief moment. Or <laughs> ah. that gross bird hit. <laughs> That's funny. So what if you, you know, growing up as a kid who just wanted to move, what was it like then getting into this like very structured class at SAB? Did you immediately take to it or were you like, I just want to be the wind over here? <laughs> um, I got in trouble a lot. Um, Olga, Olga kicked me out of a few classes when I was... <laughs> um when I was there um so it took a it took some time you know I, I was I had a lot of energy I was um I don't know I was constantly just like jittery and stuff wanted to have fun and laugh and do things <laughs> you, you have like a very natural easy body the way I perceived your dancing was always that like things are easy-ish for you you know not you know you're always a hard worker and everything but like you turn easily you jump easily you're turned out your legs go up you know so was, was that part of were you ever like as a kid maybe resting on that like you could get away with it a little bit no I had no you, idea okay <laughs> I always actually, you were so turned out and like had the most gorgeous legs and feet and beautiful dancers. So um, I was, I like looked to you and Ralph at the time and I was uh, like, oh, I really want those legs and feet. <laughs> stop, stop. Um, so no, I, at what point then you, were, you spent your whole life at SAB and, you know, 
to jump across the plaza than to ballet theater. What was that sort of like for you? Were you, was that always a goal? Were you hoping for city ballet or did you make like a, a specific choice to shift gears like that? Um, so my, I always had eyes at ABT, but at the time at SAB, I really wanted to get into city ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just the natural path when you're there, you're right. like, oh, city ballet. And, um, in 2006, when I was offered a place with studio company, I went to K Mazo and Peter and I was like, I have this offer. Am I going to get into city ballet? And they said, wait a year. And I said, mm. I, I think I want to get a job now. Right. right. <laughs> How old were you? Did you already say that? Sorry. Were you- um, oh. No, I was, uh, I think I was 18 already. Okay. So you were like, I, I don't want to wait another year. I get that. Yeah. And also just like, you know, ABT studio company is a great, great offer. And yeah. you wouldn't want that to go away. You know, things are, things shift constantly you never know if they would have contracts the next year so obviously you did make a right choice you've been there now for 15 years so (laughs) um but what was that early time like for you did you feel like you had a big stylistic shift to make or did it feel pretty natural at first (laughs) um there was a, a big stylistic shift um at the time when i joined studio company the director had this weird grudge against um, this balancing technique. Mm-hmm. And so he hated everything that I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I was incredibly balancing, but it was, there were, you know, I had the isms. Yeah. Uh, and so I definitely, with help, um, you know, beat out the balancing <laughs> out of me. <laughs> did you have someone at ABTU who you felt like was a really good um, guide in that process? No, not really. I sort of looked to my other colleagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would help me. They were like, okay, you're not doing that. You know, a few were from Royal Ballet and a lot of them just had that classical training. So mm-hmm. they were able to really help me. And I was like a sponge at the time because I was like, I want to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes, like, especially audience members might not um, quite grasp kind of the difference between going from balancing to this, like, more ABT classical technique. There's a lot of elements that are really actually hard to change. Like, some things are simple, other things are hard. What was one of the hardest for you? Like, for me, I would think it would be, like, turning from a bent knee instead of a straight knee. Like, what was your biggest challenge in the technique shift? Um... good question Um, there's a lot of options (laughs) yeah so one thing i i don't i don't know if there was a huge challenge but one thing that i did notice was that i would go back to sab and i would take a few classes and i couldn't keep up anymore Mm. like the speed speed of the class was um was difficult for me. And it, I thought that was really strange because I trained there for mm-hmm. so long. But yeah. just like all the quick footwork and all that stuff. So I think that was a challenge in a way yeah. for me. Totally. You know, low. I'm thinking you're probably the first person we've ever had on who did the reverse. Like you had your all of your training at SAB and then went to a more classical path. But 
um, we always talk to people who did it the other way around. So it's, it's, that's very interesting to think of like, <laughs> it's, it's just a totally different um, shift, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A different emphasis really, right? I mean, um, yeah. like you're talking about with the speed, it's just a different, totally different. It's, I mean, I mean it's so interesting. Yeah, I would think like the port de bras would be something that is really difficult to grasp because that's so specific right. and individual. Yeah. And um, I think it's a huge part of your expressive quality as a dancer. So would yeah. you have people like, Jose, you better put that that finger, that pinky finger away or something? Because <laughs> <laughs> there was one choreographer and studio company that hated my hands. Mm-hmm. And so for like a week... He taped them. <laughs> and I was only like, No. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. Yeah, because <laughs> I did have like the fingers and sure. the fingers. And, yeah. Um, so, so, what did you automatically draw to ABT? Were you like, Oh, this is the place for me? Or were the, was there kind of a time where you're, you know, you're making this shift into a new technique into a different repertoire than maybe what you had seen for yourself? Was it love at first sight? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Um, I actually in 2006, prior to joining studio company, went to the San Francisco summer ballet program. And I really fell in love with the city um, company. I had some extended family out there. So I was in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to SF Ballet. Mm-hmm. Like the first half of the year of studio company. And so it did take a little bit of time for me to uh, really, really fall in love with the place. Um, I mean, Granted, I had auditioned for the school and didn't get in. I auditioned for the studio company and didn't get in, like, prior to when I got in. Right. Um, so it did take some time for me to get over that grudge. Now. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, those early years can, are hard for anyone adjusting to a company. Yeah. But um, that is a very specific shift. So, like, what, what would you say were, was a, a time in your career where you started to really settle in and feel at home at ABT? Um, it was, uh, it was pretty much after those first few months. Um, I think I joined in September of 2006 and then 2007, um, we brought, there was a few new dancers that were brought in because like Tom Forrester had gotten in and, uh, Leanne Underwood. Um, and so at that time, I was like, I think this is a good place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting all this performance experience. Um, I love the group of people. Uh, my best friend, Joey Gorak, was there at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was a great place for me to grow and um, develop as an artist. Yeah. So let's fast forward a few years, 15 years, um, and we want to talk to you about ABT's incubator program, which you are now heading. Tell us how this opportunity came about. Um, during the pandemic. <laughs> Something good. Um, in, I think, 2020, like the beginning of summer, Kevin had asked me if I was interested in taking over. Mm-hmm. And I did take a few days to really think about it. Um, I had just done my first 
well, I was starting to plan my second season of Hampton's Dance Project. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is a great sort of opportunity because I do have some leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have this other project that, you know, I'm really, I really want to like spend my, most of my energy in. Um, and so I said, yes, he, you know, the offer was uh, really nice. And he was like, you know, if you're not in love with it, <laughs> we, we can talk. Um, so I, I took it on. I thought this would be a great way to add in some of my visions and um, thoughts and drive it in a little bit of a different direction than what David was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. When did you first feel like you had or like you wanted to explore a leadership position like that, that you felt driven to um, to take on projects where you're heading them? Um, I so I gotten like, you know, our, our friends like put on shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was involved in a few shows and it really inspired me to do something of my own, um, you know, Bella Boylston and Lauren Post had started um, Ballet Sun Valley and mm-hmm. Collab Dance. And um, I was like, oh, I think I want to do something like that. And um, I hold a lot of memories in East Hampton, mm-hmm. just growing up on a very limited budget where, you know, I'm not a fancy person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom somehow... Uh, we spent all our summers out there and so you know knowing that at the time at one time East Hampton and the Hamptons were an artist's colony I thought this would be a great place to do that and so there was never a um I don't know I never really thought I could be a leader I I was just like oh I want to try this thing Mm -hmm. and learned so much about um being a leader director and organizing and I definitely had a lot of help from my mom, who I always say had nine lives because she dabbled in all sorts of other jobs. Um, so she had a lot of experience and she definitely helped me. Um, and so I thought that taking my experience into incubator uh, would be beneficial. And it, it has been. I've been learning a lot more about being a leader and I've been looking to Kevin for advice here and there. And so, yeah. So what was, what was building your, no, it's, it's great. Um, We're here for. <laughs> uh, what was, what were some of the things you had to do in um, building out the Hamptons project? Because that's like, you just did it from the ground up, right? That was, it was not a pre-existing thing. So what were some of the first steps you had to take to even get it going? Um, I, so I was really lucky in the very, very beginning. I had this sort of, um, I had this group of um, people who had some money and um, I was like, will you help me? And they were like, yes. Um, And then they sort of uh, dropped out. (laughs) And I had a few other family friends who had a lot of other connections and I really, I really utilized that. So funding fundraising was very new for me. Mm -hmm. And ask, you know, asking for money is never an easy right. ask. Um, 
but that's how it like really, really began. Um, and then finding location. Um, I don't know if you remember Benjamin Millipede had like a little thing out in the Hamptons. Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah. About like a few city ballet mm-hmm. people. Um, and so I was like, oh, I want to do it in that space. And so we looked at that space and it had turned into a storage facility. So that was that. <laughs> <laughs> That's out. <laughs> um, and I was also looking at, I can't really remember, oh, Bay Street Theater in Psych Harbor. And then we, we stumbled upon Guild Hall. And Guild Hall was just perfect. It was mm-hmm. a proper theater. It had dressing rooms. There was so much... I didn't have to do in terms of building rooms from scratch and all that stuff, which I have to do this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's, that was how it all really got started. And then I I have this great group of friends that wanted to do this with me and even choreographers. Joseph Hernandez was one of the choreographers, you know, Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would just all really came together really magically. What was the first year that you did this? 2019. Oh my gosh. It's still all very new. Still very new. Then what did you do in 2020? Nothing. Or I did, I did do 2020. It okay. was I had three weeks to fundraise, put on a show, get dancers. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Well, you're certainly um, getting good experience in the yeah. chaos of running an organization. <laughs> <laughs> Every year a different like climate of you know political and climate right (laughs) right um so can we can we talk a little bit about what abt incubator uh how it started and um what the project was looking like before you took over um yeah i was actually involved in the very first uh incubator and it was called the choreographic initiative um david had started and it was all very exciting i uh daniel manti choreographed uh, a really nice piece you were in socks mm-hmm. um, and it was the same sort of concept uh he really wanted to but more focus on in-house um uh, choreographic talents he wanted to utilize um the whole point of the choreographic initiative, ABT Incubator, is to utilize the choreographic talents of the dancers within the company and give them an opportunity to create on professional dancers. Right. Um, so the first years were very exciting and great. We danced, I guess there's a theater at the Time Warner building. I had no idea, but that was our first year mm-hmm. and it was fabulous. Um, and then I think the second year was at Columbia University. And, and then it took like a brief hiatus. I think um, there was some, he had gotten injured or something. There was just it sort of was just on hold for a little bit. And then um, there was a constant like discussion about bringing it back and how do we bring it back? And, you know, where do we want to included in this year um and then he started it again and changed it to abt incubator mm-hmm. and then he wanted to uh, get a new job and <laughs> be a leader so he went to australian ballet and i took mm-hmm. over <laughs> that's so cool so what um so you, w- 
how do you get involved in this? Like, how are the choreographers from the company chosen? Is it like you sign up? Is there an audition process? What does that look like? Uh, so in the past, David has done an audition process with sort of a panel of judges. Um, okay. All, uh, you know, ballet masters, Kevin, mm-hmm. um, Alexi would have, has been there. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's, you know, you, there's a sign up, there's a whole audition process. And then he actually had brought in a few outside um, choreographers to sort of just mix it up and give them this opportunity to create unprofessional dancers. And hopefully, I think it was sort of like a, um, a, a like a first pathway into the main company. I'm, I can't find the word, but... Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, they had created something amazing and something that, um, piqued Kevin's interest, it would be a nice opportunity for them. It's a, it is a good way to find new choreographers, uh, ABT and Mm Creator. I don't know what this year is going to look like. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, yeah, I will soon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I want to know like what you're. What are you thinking? It's going to be so different from your first year at the helm. You know, you had to deal with so many. Obviously, everyone had to completely um, regroup and um, be creative in COVID times. So now that we are moving back towards normalcy and, it, you know, it seems like we can live theater will be a reality very soon. Um, what are you thinking about for, for Incubator this year? So I did really enjoy the film aspect of Incubator. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And I did enjoy the pod experience for specifically Incubator. Mm-hmm. Um, I have these ideas. I'd like to keep some of those aspects of it uh, mm-hmm. season. It's something we definitely have to discuss, um, you know, money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, but I really like the pod experience specifically because it really gave the choreographers and the, and the dancers like this space to just focus on the creation of mm-hmm. a piece. Um, in normal times, we would, you know, be distracted, you know, you're, you know, just city things that you have mm-hmm. to deal with on a daily right. basis. Um, and so I, I like to keep a little bit of that, um, I'd like to get us eventually back into a theater. Um, I think it provides a more realistic experience for these choreographers, um, which right. is one of my goals. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to give them a real life experience of putting on a show, mm-hmm. um, right. costumes, lighting, music, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so much to discuss, but yeah. So this year's um, films, you did, they did all films this year, correct? And they're all on EBT's YouTube channel, correct? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So everyone can um, be sure to go check those out. But, um, you know, mentioning the film aspect of it, how do you feel like the choreographers kind of played with the element of the camera instead of, you know, just like a traditional stage moment? Like, did they get creative kind of within that new medium? So I had encouraged the choreographers um, and reminded them that this year 
everything would be on film and to create a piece with that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people did and they really played with um, different camera angles and different uses of the camera. Um, Joseph Markey was one of them in that he sort of had a separate, um, like two separate shots, but in one frame. Oh, cool. Um, really cool and and I sort of just encourage people okay try it this angle try it you know think about the angles that you really really want mm-hmm. um, but some of them you know still created for stage I'm I'm actually bringing one of the pieces into my Hamptons program cool. um, oh, great ZJ's piece was just recently performed at Kotzbahn mm-hmm. so it's getting some some stage time which mm-hmm. is that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your long-term goals for the for the program? What would you like to see from ABT Incubator in say five years? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um I I really would like to expand um incubators reach mm-hmm. in uh the New York City um arts uh community um one of my goals is to partner up with different local organizations um and just utilize those talents and partner up and see how we can um benefit each other um so one of my ideas was partnering up with uh fit and sort of utilizing young designers and their talents and giving them this experience to um, work with costumes. And I don't know, I I thought that um, it would be a great way for them to learn something new. You know, there's so often that we like companies work with big name designers and they've never worked with dancers or done Mm -hmm. anything on a dancer's body right so constant like conversation and arguing about (laughs) costume should look right right uh, um so i that was one thing i really wanted to focus on um also you know reaching out to juilliard and you know giving you know music composers this opportunity to create and have it you know be dance like utilized for dance and Mm -hmm. So, um, and to sort of help ABT in a way of um, having Incubator reach out to different organizations and get their name out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I hope so that it, sort of answers that. <laughs> it'll be an incubator for all different art forms within dance like that's i think that's a a beautiful idea to have everyone kind of on the same journey of exploration and Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and speaking of reach this year because it was digital you were able to reach out into much you know a much broader audience than you usually would what was the feedback like um from all of the films uh, I got a lot of different feedback. Um, one, I had a few donors email me after each premiere of each film mm-hmm. and they would give me their like rating. 
like, great, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like had listed his favorite to his least favorite. And so a lot of it generally was great feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, people didn't always love all of the films or, you know, had questions and whatnot about different uh, different right. films. But I love that that's part of the process. That's, you know, the idea is that you're building these talents so that eventually, you know, then they can be these fully realized artists. But these are, it's people that are just experiencing this side of themselves for like maybe the first time ever, some of them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think even if you get like, you know, whatever feedback you get, everybody just wants to be a part of a conversation surrounding dance right now, right? That's probably even why they emailed you. They're like, let's talk about mm -hmm dance we miss right. it you know so you're still regardless of what they thought providing yeah. that opportunity mm -hmm. yeah have there been any incubator um choreo choreographic talents that have gone on to do main stage premieres with abt you mentioned the cotspawn one but yeah um Gemma bond actually Gemma bond started uh, with incubator mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um as you know premiered her first ballet on ABT. I think it was 2019. I was in it. Um, and I thought that was such a great moment for her. She's thriving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so wonderful. I mean, that's the program is doing what it intended to do then. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, we encourage everyone to go check these films out on ABT's YouTube page. And we can't wait to see what comes of your journey with ABT Incubator in years to come. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Jose. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.